Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. He actually knows what the Bible says because, well, he actually wrote the Bible. He is the Word. He's like, no, I'm not going to do what you say. I know that that's traditional. I know it's common for us to not to touch lepers. He's like, but I'm not afraid of them. I know it's common for us to not touch sinners, to not interact with women who've already been married five times and are, you know, in their, their current situation. He's like, I'm not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of your sin. We live under the authority of the Bible, whether you choose to or not. This book proclaims the truth about who God is and his sovereignty over all of creation. Jesus possessed that authority within himself. As Pastor James examines today's passage, he'll examine Jesus' treatment of lepers. Most people that lived in the time of Jesus shunned the lepers, even if they were a loved one. But Jesus taught us to love the unlovable and not to let the fear of discomfort or even death keep us from loving the outcasts. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 17. As Pastor James begins his message, be thankful. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless. Bread for the broken, broken. What I want to do, if you guys don't mind, turn to Luke, chapter 17. We're going to talk about thankfulness. Now, this is a, it's a strange story. It, it's not really all that strange in one sense. Um, we're going to be talking about with Jesus and, and 10 lepers, all right? This may be a common, common gospel story for you. Maybe this will be the first time that you've ever heard about this. But I'm going to talk a little bit, not, not a lot about leprosy, because I don't like talking about that that much. Don't do a Google search on leprosy unless you're like, you know, kind of morbid and you like seeing stuff like that. You can knock yourself out. But me, I'm just like... Give me just some old, you know, the old pick, uh, pick art kind of like flannel graph, like images of a leper, right? A guy wrapped up in bandages. That, that's good enough for me. But if you punch in leprosy in Google, you know, hey, it's a very real disease. It's a rare one. Praise God for that. It's rare. But um, yeah, I don't like looking at those pictures. And I don't get grossed out that much. But I'm like, no, I don't need that. I don't need that planted in my brain, okay? So this story, Jesus is going on through... Uh, He's on the, you know, on the mission, okay? We know that. He showed up, uh, was baptized by John. Now, this preceded all this, what we're going to talk about today. But he was baptized by John, and he was sent here to, as the Messiah, part of what he was going to do is, by and large, seek and save the lost, okay? Also, there were certain check marks that he, he was going to check off within his life that would identify him as the Messiah, okay? Based on the Old Testament, um, there were certain things that the Messiah was going to do. He was going to heal the blind. He was going to heal the deaf um, and, 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 you know, restore people. And, and so part of this with the lepers, he was going to be showing up and he was going to be healing these guys. So when we get to this story, there's a group of 10 lepers. So Luke chapter 17, this is from New Living Translation. I, I just prefer that for this story for today. So it says, as Jesus continued, verses 11, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, so again, he's on the mission, he's cruising around Jeru- all of Israel, okay? He's on his way towards Jerusalem, so that means he's coming from Galilee, which is northern part of Israel, and he's coming down through, and it's going to tell us there, but he's going to be coming on the border between Galilee and Samaria, okay, heading to Jerusalem. Now, what we know about this, side note, um, Jesus was never afraid to go through Samaria, 
Okay, now that was a that was a faux pas uh, in the in, in back in his days. Religious people, good religious Jews, avoided Samaria at all costs. Right? We don't mess with those people. We don't interact with them. Right? They were the them of the day. They were as as they were labeled. This isn't something that we labeled them, but they would be considered half breeds, which is horrible. A horrible thing to. to uh, title to, to place on anybody, but that's how the Jews felt about Samar- Samaritans. And they would go all the way around Samaria just to get up to the northern part of Israel. Jesus was like, I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm not afraid of those people. He loved those people, and he, he did ministry there. So he's coming back from Galilee, or from that northern part, and he's coming through the border there of Galilee and Samaria. It says he entered a village there, Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy, okay? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Okay, so you got a little bit of backstory there, right? So we're dealing with the Samaritan, and Jesus is right by Samaria. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So this is, we're just going to camp out in this little story for today, okay? Um, and we'll break it down, you know, verse by verse and all that good stuff. But, but just so we know what we're dealing with here, you got 10 lepers. Uh, they're the outcasts of society. They have to be. They have to live in exclusion, right? We kind of understand a little bit of what that feels like now in this COVID, right? We're like, unclean, unclean, stay away, right? Praise God, it's only for like, 12, you know, what, what's it, two weeks, five days, 14 days, you know, um, depending on who you listen to and all that good stuff. These guys, let, let's, let's look at this. This is leprosy, okay? It's a chronic, it's curable infectious disease, mainly causing skin lesions and nerve damage, right? But here's, here's the reality for lepers in the Bible time, okay, back in the days, where they didn't have maybe access to the, uh, you know, amazing medical science that we have today, where this can be treated in, in six, to, six to 12 months, six to 12 months, oh my goodness, um, you know, it, it can be treated, okay? But back in the biblical days, it essentially was uncurable. And so here's what happens when you get leprosy. Starts off with maybe a little spot, you know, a little spot here or there. And, and the Bible is very clear. Uh, you read through the uh, first five books. We're, well, I'll reference a few of them, but Leviticus and Numbers for sure. Um, Leviticus 13, I believe it is, talks about leprosy and how you're supposed to, how you identify it. And then what you're supposed to do if you actually end up finding out that either you or a loved one has it, but it starts off with maybe like a little, a little red spot on your skin. You got to do some inspection. That thing can spread, and then it takes over, and eventually, like it says here, um, it can cause this nerve damage where you lose feeling. You'll, you'll lose feeling in your extremities. So uh, you might lose feeling within your hands, within your hands. What, what, is, uh, what you commonly or would know is to be hot, you no longer feel that sensation, and so you can grab hold of something that is scalding hot, but you not feel it, and it is damaging your hand. Um, that's more of a practical thing. Like, it, it can affect your, affect your eyes. It affects your nose. I mean, almost to the point where your nose could literally just fall off. But here's the thing. 
I mean, that's, and that's, that's a physical aspect of this, of this disease. And that's, I mean, my goodness, I can't even imagine living with that. But there's a, there's a psychological aspect to this disease. You lose feeling. Number one, you, the moment that that happens and you go see your, the priest and he diagnoses you and says, you have leprosy, that's essentially is, it's, it's worse than the death sentence. It's worse than the death sentence. Because here's, what, here's the reality. You go up to, to the temple, the synagogue, or wherever, and that priest says, you have leprosy. Well, if you have a family, you say goodbye to your family. You say goodbye to your family. They could see you from a distance, but that's it. Those hands that used to hug and hold, hold hands with your spouse, you can't do that anymore. And even if you could, you couldn't feel it. Feeling is gone. You imagine the psychological damage that happens for anybody who gets diagnosed with leprosy, especially back in that day. They knew it was worse than a death sentence because what you do is you live over here with, another col- with a colony of lepers because that's all you can hang out with. And be- I mean, let's be real. People need people. Hum- human beings were not meant to live in isolation. Even lepers needed other lepers. But you lived over there, and your family lived over here, and you would watch from a distance your family grow. Maybe your kids grow up, but you can't really interact with them. You can't go. And even if you were walking through town, and you you always had to shout out, unclean, unclean, and people would avoid you at all costs because there's no way in the world that they want what you have. This is a reality for the lepers back in in Jesus' day. And these guys are wrapped up, they're bandaged up because, you know, they want to hide these these lesions that are are growing all over their body and and just the different uh, effects that it was having on them. And it's almost like they were like mummies walking around. So here's a group of lepers, and I'll let you know this. Um, Jesus isn't afraid of Samaritans. He's not afraid of people that don't look and act like he looked and acted like. He's also not afraid of lepers. We know even before this story, there was a leper that Jesus had no problem touching. No problem touching. Jesus wasn't afraid of him, and he wasn't afraid of his disease, right? Right? But this is just a little, just so we understand what we're dealing with here. You have 10 men, they're all lepers, they all have this disease, and at that point in time, uh, the only cure was like a heavenly cure. It was like it would be provided by God. Now, that, could, that happened at times, but by and large, you couldn't go to the doctor. They, they couldn't do anything for you. They couldn't do anything for you, and you were just, well, your new family of lepers, I mean, that's, that's who you lived with, and that's was going to be who, they were going to be the ones who mourned you when you died. So it's a very sad, tragic thing. So as Jesus is heading to Jerusalem, and he's getting close to his, to his crucifixion. I mean, that day is drawing closer. So that's why it says he's, he's going to Jerusalem, um, and here's just a few references here about leprosy. Before I forget, because that's usually what I do. I forget, right? So uh, Leviticus 13, that was right. Uh, as long as a serious disease lasts concerning leprosy, there will be a cer- they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside of the camp, away from everybody. Numbers 5-2, command the people of Israel to remove from the camp anyone who has 
a skin disease or discharge or who has become ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person. So that leprosy is included into that, okay? This is what would happen to these guys. So move away, distance yourself, say goodbye to your wife and kids because as far as contact, close contact, you'll never hug them again. You'll never hug them again. That's, that's, that's so sad. I mean, that's like, that's hopeless. And it truly is hopeless unless, unless Jesus comes strolling through your town. And, and hope personified, and that's who Jesus is. Unless he comes rolling through your town, and he's not afraid of your leprosy. He's not. Now, if I can take this and, and turn it a little bit, because leprosy, is a, it's a physical ailment, right? But what about spiritually? I'm not worthy. Uh, I, I, you, don't, you don't know what I've done in the past. And, and I don't think God could forgive me for this or that. Let me tell you, he's not afraid of your sin. He's never been afraid of our sins. It doesn't matter what we've done. Jesus loves rolling right through our, our town, so to speak. And he, he's got plenty of time to stop and talk to lepers. He's got plenty of time to stop and talk to sinners. He's got plenty of time to stop and ask a Samaritan woman at the well for a drink of water when nobody's supposed to talk to that lady. This is just a good reminder of like, it doesn't matter. This is what's so amazing about Jesus. He, he defies the normal, okay? He, he, he goes, he just obliterates every like social norm and, and religious norm that was placed upon all these guys. He's a rabbi. Yeah, he was identified as a rabbi. And, and most of the religious people would be like, no, because you're a rabbi, you have to act like this. And Jesus says, no, I don't think so. I'm not gonna do that. Because he actually knows what the Bible says. Because, well, he actually wrote the Bible. He is the word. He's like, no, I'm not going to do what you say. I know that that's traditional. I know it's common for us to not to touch lepers. He's like, but I'm not afraid of them. I know it's common for us to not touch sinners, to not interact with women who are on their, who've already been married five times and are, you know, in their their current situation. He's like, I'm not afraid of you, and I'm not afraid of your sin. And so these 10 lepers, as Jesus is going along, well, we'll get here in a second, they, they're crying out to Jesus. Jesus, here's the key, Jesus, master, or the other way to translate that, Lord. Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. Okay, well, here's the thing. He does. But you called him Lord. You called him Lord. You called him master. So if that's true, you got to do what he says. So from this moment on, whatever he would have told these lepers, if they were being honest, if they were being real by calling him Lord, by calling him master, whatever he said, they would have to do it because they identified him as Lord. It's the same for us. We got no problem shouting that out and saying, Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Well, if it's true, please tell me you're doing what he says. Because you can't technically say that if you don't listen to him. Because then he's not Lord, right? If you're going to call him Lord, if you're going to call him Master, if you're going to call him King of Kings, well, I would hope as within my life, and trust me, listen, I, I wrestle with that on a day, submission to Jesus, I wrestle with that on a daily basis. There's plenty in my life that I'm like, I know the Lord's like, no, I want you to do this. But I'm like, yeah, but I really feel like doing this. And there's a battle there. There's a struggle there. 
But if I'm going to be honest with myself and I'm going to be honest with you guys, if we call him Lord, then we should treat him as Lord. It means so much more, I think, than sometimes what we realize. But these lepers cry out. They're like, Jesus, Master, Lord, have mercy on us. Display something to us that nobody else is displaying. Can you meet us where we're at? Can you give us something that we're just not, ha- we're not, in- we're not encountering within our lives? Because the, the, the extent of mercy that these guys have, have experienced within their lives has been, please move away. Please move away so you don't infect anybody else. You know, you can still be alive, but we need you to be alive way over there where we, we would actually prefer that not to see you. We don't want to see you. And that was kind of the mindset within people. And I don't fault them to a certain extent. I mean, I wouldn't want to get leprosy. I understand that. What's amazing is there have been people who have uh, ministered to, because leprosy is still a thing today. I think it's like maybe like 20,000 people in America have it or have, you know, so it's a, your, your odds are really good. Now, don't go playing around with, don't go play with armadillos or anything like that because apparently they carry it. I don't know. But if you're playing with armadillos anyways, you've got bigger problems, right? I mean, you don't, don't mess with those guys. Um, just let them be. Just let them be, right? But your odds are pretty good. But there have been guys, um, missionaries all throughout the world, who have devoted their lives to going to other places, because in third world countries, leprosy is still a problem. It's still a problem. And there are still leper colonies even to this day. And there have been guys who have devoted their lives to ministering to them, and they, they seeing the model of Jesus, have said, look, I'm not afraid of your, I'm not afraid of your disease. And there have, there's even been some guys who have devoted their lives, and they've ministered to them, they've loved them, they've shown them something that they've never really received within their lives, and it's love and care and compassion. And some of these missionaries uh, have even contracted it and have gone on to die. And we think, oh, how unfortunate. But if you were to ask the missionaries, they're like, no, I was made for this. I was made for this. I'm not afraid of their disease. I'm not afraid of that. It's like crisis pregnancy center. Come on in. We're not afraid of your choices. We're not afraid of your past or, or anything like that. We're not afraid of you and your circumstances. Please come in. Let us minister to you. It's how every church should be. These doors are open to anybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care what, what their belief is. I don't care where, what their stance is on this or that. It doesn't matter. The door should always be open to anybody and to everyone to come in and say, you know what? Let us love you. Let us show Jesus to you. That's what we should be. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. They let me in. So that's, that's saying a lot. You don't understand. I mean, they, they let me in the, the front doors, then I know my past. It's a beautiful thing when, Jesus, when the church functions like that, when the body functions like that, but we are simply functioning like that because this is what we've seen in Jesus. Come on in. We're not afraid of you. We want to love you. We want to show you. And the best way that we can love people is just to show them the love of Christ, the best way. So they cry out to him like, Master, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he says, he looks at them. He says, go show yourself to the priest." Now, this is, Jesus says these things that are, that are crazy, right? Like, if you're in these leper's shoes, you're like, hey, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he's like, okay, go see the priest. And they're like, really? 
but I'm still a leper. I'm still a leper. Will you call me Lord? You call me master. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? My favorite, my favorite line from the movie Aladdin, the cartoon. Okay, I'm, I don't like the live action stuff. Give me the cartoon. Favorite line from that movie. It's always burned in my brain. Do you trust me? And that's Jesus telling these guys, these lepers. He's like, will you call me Lord? Are you going to do what I said? So this, the ball gets placed back into their court, so to speak. If, you're, if you've ever, you know, gone through speech classes or anything like that or conversation type things, uh, there's, this, there's this element that they talk about, like hitting the ball back and forth to each other. You want to learn how to carry a good conversation, you got to know how to return, the, you need to learn how to volley, basically. You need to learn how to, to kind of hit it back, right? So they said, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. They hit the ball to his side of the court. He's like, okay, cool, go see the priest. And he hit it back and they're like, uh, wait, really? And he's like, well, the ball's in your court. Do you trust me? Go show yourself to the priest. But we're still lepers. Yeah. The cleansing will come probably once the first step is taken. The cleansing happens on the journey to the priest. It says, as they went, this is a beautiful thing. As they went, I've bold, I put that in bold and I underlined it. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They were not cleansed of their leprosy just standing there. Jesus says, go, go, go show yourself to the priest. And they're like, why would we do that? That's a waste of our time. We're still lepers. When we get there, he's going to say, obviously, well, what are you doing here? You can't be here. You're still lepers unless they trusted in Jesus. And all 10 of these guys, credit to them, said, okay. And so they start heading towards the priest because he technically was the guy who was going to be able to like okay them, right? You know, he had to inspect them and all that good stuff. So as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. We don't know anything about these guys. We know nothing about them. We know nothing about their stories. We don't know how long they've had leprosy. Some of them could have had it for years. Some of them could have had it for months. We know nothing about it, but I do know this. They experienced the coolest thing on their way to go see the priest because as they're walking, what's that? What's that feeling again? Like, you, got, you guys feel that tingling in your hands? Like, it, it's like feelings coming back. I, I can feel what the temperature is now because I, I've never been able to do that. I can actually smell. We don't know what condition their bodies were in. There could have been, could have been, some of these guys that were on death's door. What if one of these guys had lost his nose? What if some of these guys had lost an eye? Because that's common with leprosy. Are you telling me that maybe on a journey, boom, a nose is created and eyeballs are created? I can't say that dogmatically because we don't know what the state of their condition was. But all I know is that 10 lepers asked for mercy and 10 lepers got healed on the journey, whatever state or condition they were in. Now, don't tell me Jesus can't give new eyeballs because I've read the Gospels. He spit in mud and rubbed it in some dude's eye sockets and he made new eyeballs for him, right? He's done, he's, he's done that. So it's not past them to do that or anything like that. But that's not the point. The point is they went. You want healing? Well, what are you waiting around for? Sometimes that's our problem. Lord, I'm not moving until you heal me or until you fix this problem. And maybe he said, well, why don't you go? Maybe the healing will come 
on the journey. You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.